Welcome to the Connect with County Leaders podcast, a monthly opportunity to meet and connect with Fairfax County leaders, to learn about the latest county news and information, and hear more on specific Fairfax County programs and services. Now here's your host, Jim Person, with this month's guest. Well, hello again and welcome to Connect with County Leaders. On this edition of the podcast, we're joined by Carla Bruce, Fairfax County's Chief Equity Officer, and we'll be talking about an initiative of the county called One Fairfax. Carla, welcome to the Connect with County Leaders podcast. Glad to have you with us today. Thanks for having me. Interesting topic that we're going to be talking about today, One Fairfax. It's not Fairfax One, which is, I think, the police helicopter. That's right. And it's not a clever marketing uh, slogan you know, One Fairfax sounds like a marketing campaign. It's not that. It's not that. Okay, yes. so we're talking about One Fairfax. What what exactly is One Fairfax in a nutshell to kind of kind of set the stage for our conversation today? So One Fairfax is the phrase that describes our county's focus on advancing racial and social equity, and it's taken a couple official forms, one in the form of a resolution that was adopted by our Board of Supervisors and School Board, and also as a policy that was also adopted by our Board of Supervisors and School Board. Mm -hmm. But one Fairfax more broadly describes the big goal, sort of what we hope to be as Fairfax County, and it's one, a one place where everyone can live to their fullest potential and thrive. Mm. Okay, so you said big goal. So that is the big goal. The big in a goal nutshell. is to be one Fairfax. Right. Yes. So everybody living in harmony, equal opportunities, everything. Yeah, provided with the opportunities, um, both in their day to day lives and in the communities in which they live, that would give them the ability to live to their fullest potential. Hmm. Okay. And I think you said social and racial equity. Yes. Uh, I think, uh, I know for me, when I heard the, the, the concept, what it is, my, my first thought was it's about race, mm-hmm. but it's more than that. Yes. So we center the policy on race because one of the things that we um, have noted, so again, Fairfax County is a great place to live, learn, work, and play. We know that. Um, But in a county of 1.2 million people, what we have found when we look at um, how individuals are doing and, frankly, how communities, neighborhoods are doing Mm -hmm. is that depending on who you are and where you are in Fairfax County, that um, that prosperity isn't always shared. And when you look at the data and begin to disaggregate it to better understand, well, who's not faring as well as others, it begins to be predictable by race and it begins Mm. to be predictable by place. So that Hmm. that certain racial categorizations in Fairfax County, and for most life outcomes, it's predominantly African-Americans and Latinos do not fare as well as other populations residing in the county. We also know that there are certain neighborhoods in the county um, that also don't fare as well. And coincidentally or not, um, those populations often live in concentrated ways in those neighborhoods. Hmm. So we center race, but then we also realize that people beyond race, there are other social categorizations Mm -hmm. to to understand gender, level of income, uh, level of ability. um, And sort of when you begin to think of 
all of those other categorizations, it gives us another way to understand how people are doing. So when we hold the big goal of one Fairfax mm-hmm. and we break that down into all of the areas that the county works on to, you know, to be a successful place mm-hmm. and for its population to be successful, it gives us to way, a way to understand how more specifically particular populations in particular neighborhoods are doing. Mm -hmm. And strategically then gives us a way to think in targeted strategies about how to bolster and increase those opportunities for those places and populations. Mm -hmm. Now this is a Fairfax County government um, policy, Mm -hmm. um, but also the the schools have have adopted this joint, uh, I think you said, uh, resolution Mm -hmm. policy. Mm -hmm. How... I, I, the first word that comes to my mind is enforcement, but that's that's not the right word. Um, implement, I guess, yes, is better. Right. How, how does the county implement this? Is it programs? Is it policies? Is it just spreading the word about this is how it should be? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's really all of the above. Um, so to take a step back, when the county embarked on this journey to become one Fairfax, mm-hmm. we did it you know, side by side with our school system, because we had a recognition that as two large systems serving the the population of Fairfax County, Mm -hmm. that we needed to be working together to better understand these issues and to figure out how we can work work more collectively and collaboratively and effectively to address the issues. Mm. The... um, the way to do it is really particular to the issue, in particular to the respective departments and or organizations responding to the issue. So it could take the form of uh, uh, a change in policy. It could take the form of a change in practice. It could take the form of sharing information. It could take the form of working more collaboratively with other organizations or with uh, community members to really um, come uh, come about with more sort of robust and effective solutions. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that, you know, we encourage people to understand and why it's so important that in our implementation of this policy, we're working really closely with staff and departments is that we can hold this ideal of being a racially and, and socially equitable county. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, we need to think about that in the context of those areas that make a thriving community. Community. And we have a great staff. We we offer great services and support to the residents of our community. What we're thinking about with One Fairfax is when you disaggregate our, our data, when you think about our population and all the unique characteristics that people residing in Fairfax have, we ask the question, how are they doing, right? So not mm-hmm. broadly, how are they doing in the aggregated way? Because mm-hmm. when you look at that number, most um, statistics would show that we're doing fairly well. Fairfax but when County. Fairfax County is right, doing well. Right. They're at the, we're at the top of the list right. when it comes to income. We're right. at the top of the list when it comes to health. We're at the top of the list when it comes to education. And again, all those ways that we would say we're a thriving right. community. Right. But when you take a step back and break that out and sort of look at particular populations, again, by those racial and social categories, you begin to better understand. And then when you think about that, you think about, okay, so what can we do? What can we do to ensure that we see greater levels of success, again, for those populations Mm -hmm. in those communities? 
And that could require, again, that could take many different forms, whether it's a change in policy, program, practice, or just how we work, how we work with each other mm -hmm. and how we work with the community. Mm -hmm. The community plays a really important role. I think that sort of the one of the core tenets of One Fairfax is meaningful and inclusive community engagement because mm -hmm. in becoming a, an equitable county, that's not something that the government can do alone. So the right, government right. can can um, invest resources and can work in different ways that would advance equity. Right. But it has to be done in conjunction with all the other sectors that affect the success of a community, but most importantly with the people themselves. I think mm -hmm. the people themselves um, really represent the key to better understanding how uh, what, what your life experience is, is and mm -hmm. how could it mm -hmm. be better. Right. And so that piece is extremely important. Now, this um, issue um, is not unique to Fairfax County. Yes, not at all. Um, is Fairfax County a leader in this area, this one Fairfax policy? Are we following the trend? I mean, kind of talk to me a little bit about mm -hmm where we are in this in, in this this area with one fairfax and and that can kind of lead into this history and how how the the program came about sure so, so i would say that locally we are a leader mm. but in the national sense there have been jurisdictions across the country who have like fairfax counted county looked at what would make their county or their jurisdiction successful and gained a better understanding about how different populations in different neighborhoods mm -hmm. were not performing as well and begun to unpack that it wasn't necessarily failures of those particular um, populations or neighborhood. It could be um, sort of if you dig deep enough um, grounded in historical actions and policies of local government. Mm -hmm. And sort of taking that as a basic frame, right now there are about 160 other jurisdictions besides Fairfax County across the country who are at varying stages mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. um, okay. of work. And again, every community is different, and so right. every community sort of approaches this a different way. Right. But through an, um, an organization called the Government Alliance on Race and Equity, which is a, an organization that we learned of Actually, we learned about it before it actually formed. It really <laughs> grew out of um, jurisdiction, jurisdictions on the West Coast, um, mm -hmm. predominantly the um, sort of in the Washington State, Oregon mm -hmm. um, um, area, who were doing this work and came together as a coalition. And then from that coalition, staff of the, um, from jurisdictions in that coalition knew that this was something that not just those jurisdictions were facing, these historical um, embedded community inequities, that this was something that was sort of um, sort of common across the across the country. Right. And so they went on to form this organization, the Government Alliance on Race and Equity. So through that organization, we have linked with um, several jurisdictions, learned a lot, been able to share our successes, mm -hmm. um, and really been strengthened by participating in that network. Right. We've used them um, in ways where they've helped us, they've provided technical assistance to mm -hmm. us as we were going through the policy formation process. Okay. And now as we're sort of more in the implementation phase, we're also working with them um, to provide some technical assistance and training um, to my uh, team of staff, but more broadly to staff representing all of the departments mm -hmm. in the organization. All right. 
want to get into that in a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think that's a, a great segue to kind of take a step back mm-hmm. and, and do do a little history lesson here with that's us. Because right. you talked about a, a board of supervisors resolution, then a, the board, I think, actually adopted a policy. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a chief equity officer and an office. Mm-hmm. Uh, take us back a little bit to the history lesson here, how this came to be in front of the board that, that kind of began all this process, if That's you will. right. Um, so I should mention, I've been in this chief equity officer role for about a year and a half now, but I've been working for the county for, actually, in September, September 7th, it was 20 years. So I just celebrated my 20-year Fairfax County Woo-hoo. anniversary. I'm very <laughs> excited about that. Um, so I've been working, but primarily in the area of human services. Mm-hmm. And so in human services, and specifically I worked um, in various iterations, we've um, changed over time the Department of Neighborhood and Community Services and had an opportunity to work um, with the county's most vulnerable populations and with the network of volunteer organizations and nonprofit organizations and social service organizations that make up a, um, a strong social safety net um, that really supports the most vulnerable populations in our community. And these groups in in the agencies of the county have worked very hard to support these populations and, quite frankly, haven't always um, seen the results that would match up with the level of energy Mm -hmm. and um, financial investment that we've made to support success in these populations. Mm -hmm. We've worked very closely with the school system, considering um, children and youth in our community another category of vulnerable population. Mm -hmm. And two, again, we would see these persistent disparities that some, Mm -hmm. no matter, you know, sort of how hard we were working at a population, Again, when you think about not sort of individual level outcomes, but at a population level, we were seeing these ongoing trends in uh, related to education, juvenile justice, child welfare, Mm. that certain populations weren't faring as well, and it was predictable where those populations live. So um, African African Americans and Latinos and and certain neighborhoods in the county were not tending to fare as well. And it gave us, and in fact, that's how we got connected to this Government Alliance on Race and Equity, Mm. as we were sort of out there exploring, trying to figure out why why is this, right? (laughs) Right. And we came to understand, gain a better understanding, that while our efforts were focused on individuals, that we were missing something because we weren't necessarily looking at what might be flawed in our institutions, in our actual departments Mm. and how we did our business, as well as how our institutions sometimes and most times I would say inadvertently sort of work together to create structures that really limited people's opportunities for success. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about opportunities, that's access to healthy food, that's transportation, that's jobs, that's housing that is affordable and quality, and all those things that all of us need, child care, all those things that we would need to be successful, right? Everything should want and should should be available. Yeah, everybody needs those (laughs) things to thrive and be successful, but we were recognizing that there were barriers in our community or a lack 
in some cases Hmm. of those opportunities. And that led us from this transition from disparity and disproportionality, which was very individual and population focused, to a more structural and institutional focus and a focus on equity. Um, And that understanding came through uh, a county body called the Successful Children and Youth Policy Team. It's It's a group that is comprised of county leadership, school leadership, and representatives of different sectors of the community, um, the health sector, the nonprofit sector, the faith sector, sort of all the sectors that have some role in the lives of successful children and youth. And also included in that group are representatives of our board of supervisors and school board. So this was something that was instituted, I'd say, about seven or eight years ago Hmm. um, with the purpose of bringing our two large children and youth focusing systems together to work more strategically and collaboratively. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so as we were doing that, we had to sort of dig down and better understand some of the root causes that were affecting children and youth in our communities. Um, And that led us to this better understanding Mm -hmm. of, of equity. And our board members, I think, Um, really sort of stood up in terms of their leadership and beyond sort of the lessons that we learned in that body, took that learning to their respective boards. And their their respective boards then made the decision that, okay, well, there are many things that we can affect in our role, our leadership role as a board of supervisors and school board that can really affect this structure of opportunity. And that's sort of where we took this broader look, not just at uh, the human services and child serving departments, but all of those other departments, whether it's public safety, or land use or zoning, all these, because all of those other things are really important when you talk about designing and building and ensuring access to opportunity in communities and that all of the communities in Fairfax would be a place where people could live and thrive. And so that's really how we sort of came together Mm -hmm. and it sort of elevated um, beyond just that population focus to a more sort of focus on how can Fairfax County, no matter where you are, be a community of opportunity and right. a place where everybody can have the potential, the opportunity to, to live and thrive and live to their greatest, uh, fullest potential? Right. We're on the Connect with County Leaders podcast, and we're talking with Carla Bruce, the chief equity officer of Fairfax County, and we're talking about one Fairfax um, fairly new program mm-hmm. in Fairfax County. Uh, when when did the boards uh, yeah. do this resolution and adopt this policy? So the resolution was adopted in July of 2016. Okay. Um, and what that resolution basically stated is that inequities exist in Fairfax County. We know that. We know we're a great place to live, learn, work, and play, but we realize that not everyone is situated to experience that same level of success. So we need to work together again as a county board and as a school system. Um, But after the adoption of that policy, or within the adoption of that policy, there was an acknowledgement that while that sort of that was an important commitment to right. acknowledge right. acknowledge that, that we needed a way to do it. Mm-hmm. And so what the policy did is at a very high level is outline some key definitions so that we understood what we meant when we said equity and the populations that we were focusing on mm-hmm. and the general approach that we wanted to take um, as it related to equity. So I mentioned that that policy is at a very high level. It's because it had to apply to every function okay. <laughs> of local okay. government. 
government right. and every function of the school system. So to write a, a, a policy that was too explicitly stated would have really sort of created a box. And quite frankly, we also didn't have an understanding of what we needed to do. And so this policy gave us the framework to, to work better together around some basic principles, working with the community, conduct, connect, um, conducting some level of analysis in the work that we do that would give us a better understanding of the inequities, mm-hmm. and then working in partnership and being accountable, you know, sort of right. stating goals that we wanted to work that we want to work toward and being explicit in those goals and uh, transparent in those goals so that people could understand our progress. Mm-hmm. And then sort of out of that, that is a whole body of work. And there wasn't at that point a real structure to support that. And so County Executive Brian Hill, this sort of coincides with um, him coming to the county. And so it was his decision that the best way to um, structure and lead this work was to establish this role of chief equity officer. And so that role was established in June of uh, last year, and I was a, 2018, and I was appointed to that role, and um, I am situated in his office, sort of advising him as well as his leadership team and the board, and build and working with the county to build up this infrastructure for mm-hmm. considering equity, because that's what one Fairfax at this stage calls for. The policy directed us to consider equity in all of our planning and decision-making. So we're working now to do that. Okay. I want to ask you what that means. But first, I want to read from the website, yes. the One Equity, uh, the One Fairfax uh, webpage about what um, equity is defined as yes. by One Fairfax. Uh-huh. It says, quote here, the commitment to promote fairness and justice mm-hmm. in the formation of public policy that results in all residents, regardless of age, race, color, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, religion, national origin, marital status, disability, socioeconomic status, or neighborhood of residents or other characteristics, having opportunity to fully participate in the region's economic vitality, contribute to its readiness for the future, and connect to its assets and resources. Yes. Now that's a mouthful, <laughs> but uh, it's also a huge undertaking. It and is. there are, I think, 17 areas of focus yes. that I think you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, uh, community, economic development, housing, education, environment, transportation. Um, it sounds like job security because, <laughs> because there's a lot of work to I'll do. I always have a job to do. That's right. That's right. But let me ask this question from the um, the naysayer or the skeptical. Mm-hmm. Um, is it more than just treat people like you would want to be treated? I mean, does it? Are we saying that's what we're talking about here, or is it, is it going deeper than that? Yeah, I mean that's an element, right? It's um, it's important that we recognize that we want success as individuals and for our families. And it's important to recognize that all of our neighbors want success as individuals and and in it for their families. And that again, for lots of different circumstances, people are situated differently in our community. And it's important that we recognize that people and communities might need different things um, in order to um, achieve that level of life success. Um, but 
really what this does, and I think what is unique about our approach, is it recognizes local government's role mm. in, I will say, inadvertently and, in frankly, in some cases, perhaps very intentionally, given um, that you know, many of the policies and decisions that led to the transition of Fairfax County from what once was a rural community mm. to now is a thriving suburban community. And in some cases, depending on where you are, I think you could argue even an urban community. Um, the policies and practices that, 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 that led to how people would be afforded access to the opportunities in the jurisdictions. That that in the design of sort of how we came to be the Fairfax County we know today, some people were sort of built into the plan for the county to thrive mm. and other people were not. Mm. And, um, and again, as I think that that is in some cases a remnant of a, a bygone era, but we see the effects of, of those decisions even today. So mm -hmm. it's really important that as we look to our future and sort of what we need to do to be as successful, to continue in our success as the county, that we take a look backwards to sort of understand mm -hmm. how we got here. Okay. And in, un in understanding how we got here, and we're really in that process, right? So we haven't compiled the full history of the county to really understand it. But there is an indication in certain policies around how certain neighborhoods were established or um, how certain road patterns were decided upon that it was government and not just beyond not just local government local government and in our in our state and federal government as well that there were decisions that really created divisions that limited the uh, opportunities to certain populations in our community wow. and so today as we think about our success and recognize that our community is continuing to diversify but they're diversifying on top of this structure that already mm, exists okay. and if this structure is perpetuating outcomes that we don't think are good for our future, mm -hmm. I think is strategically in our best interest to look at those structures. And as a local government, we have some control there and we have some, some ability to better understand what would work right. better for the population. Right. So that's what we're doing here is it's really a focus on sort of not just the people, but the structure of opportunity in our community. Interesting. Okay. We've only got a couple of minutes left, and I told you before we started. I can't it, believe it, that. It, 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 <laughs> it will go quickly, and a lot of things you wish you had said, and a lot of things I wish I could ask you, but two things I want to make sure I that touch on. That just means on. I have to come back. <laughs> That's right. Um, first, what's, what's a resident to do? What are you asking residents to do with One Fairfax? And then I want to make sure you have an opportunity to talk about what county agencies are doing and getting ready to do. So you've got about four minutes to cover both of those. That's so, right. <laughs> so resident first. Yeah. Resident so, hearing this, what are they supposed to do? Yeah. So I think it's important as a resident to understand sort of how you and your neighbors can be a part of the solutions that will lead our county to be one Fairfax, a mm -hmm. place where everybody can participate and thrive. You mentioned in our, when you, um, when you read through our very long definition of equity, there are absolute moral reasons why we would want everybody in our community to thrive. Mm -hmm. But very frankly, 
there's also economic reasons. Mm. We want everybody to be able to not just live to their fullest potential, but contribute to our economy, right? Mm. To do things that would enable them to be able to support themselves, support their families, contribute in ways that help their neighbors. That's what makes our community strong. That's what has made our community strong to this point. And as we continue to look at our county into the future, it's predicted right now in the next year or so, we'll become a a majority minority community. Hmm. Over 50% of the population in Fairfax County will be people of color. And when you look at that statistic and you think that that number is growing, particularly when you understand that that population growth is really generated um, by younger people of color, right, Hmm. that it's important that they be successful because it's really their success that will translate into the future success of the county. So there are both moral reasons and economic reasons why this is important. So I think the most important thing for residents to do is to recognize that we're a changing community. And it's important that as as a changing community, we have to constantly be evaluating the factors that lead to the success of our county and what may have worked. Right. You know, I've heard Brian say 30 years ago, might not work for us today. So we have to have our eyes sort of looking forward. And I think having our eyes sort of on that edge and better understanding the circumstances of the population and neighborhoods Mm -hmm. to ensure that they're all operating to their fullest capacity is something that it's important for our neighbors to understand. Okay. So now county agencies and the county structure Quickly. And I shouldn't gloss this over, but what are county agencies doing? Yeah, I mean, frankly, that's the most robust part of this effort at this point. Mm. Like I said, the policy really um, directed the county not to achieve any specific goal mm-hmm. rather than to strive to become one Fairfax, but really directed us to consider equity in all of our planning and decision making. So well, I don't want you to gloss over that. Yes. I mean, you said there was nothing specific. Well, yes. but, but I mean, that's a very that's, significant. That's, that's, that's significant. very significant. Yeah. Again, because what I say was nothing specific. It didn't necessarily lay out a specifically outlined plan of what to do, right? as many policies do, what it said is that you will consider equity. And so, again, my role has been to support our departments and leadership in building up that capacity. So to do that, we have recruited individuals who are convening teams in every county department who are understand, because again, they have more expertise than I would ever have on their specific business area. So if you take their knowledge of their specific business area, what I am, I and my team are helping them to do is to build up their capacity to understand it from an equity perspective, is with their equity lens on, to better understand who is benefited and who is burdened by mm. whatever policy or practice that they undertake, and to think how they could, again, in some cases by continuing to do more of what they do or perhaps do not doing something that isn't working for the broader population. But that's a really important way that we are sort of following or implementing the policy is by building up that capacity. And so right now we have um, 40 plus teams in the, in the county who are working on 
better on, you know, going through training, mm-hmm. understanding their work in the context of ac- equity. And then as as the policy dictated, being very specific, making goals, stating goals about what they're going to do at their department level, but also looking at how it is going to sort of impact a population. And so related to that, we're also working very closely with the strategic planning process. So we're, mm. as you know, we're engaged in a countywide strategic plan, our first ever full countywide strategic plan. And in supporting that, the groups of staff that have been working on that, we've worked really closely with them to construct an equity process equity process for them to follow so that they've had some training they've built in some equity considerations through the whole process they've worked in very inclusive ways with the community to make sure that they're hearing from our broader population and not the typical voices um, and so our strategic plan is really equity informed and so the strategic plan will give us these broad goals for the success of our county their consideration of equity in that process will really help us to understand how different populations and places are situated in relation to those goals. And now our departments have the capacity, are building up their capacity mm-hmm. to function in ways to support the implementation of those goals through an equity right. lens. So right. that's been a lot of work over the last um eight or nine months, but uh, by the end of the year, every department will have an actionable equity impact plan and the full integration mm-hmm. of equity in our strategic planning process. Right. Wow. Okay. Well, maybe, as you said, we'll, we'll have you back on to discuss. I'll you know, have to come back. There's a lot another, more work to talk about. Six months a year or whatever, we'll That's talk right. about that. That's well, right. Interesting. One thing you said that really kind of did like an aha for me, uh, and I don't even think you, you realized it when you said it, it was like something about the benefit or burden mm-hmm. that it's causing. And it's like, I think as a county employee, we all think we're doing great work and we're helping people and we're uh-huh. creating that benefit. But just that benefit burden, I need to look at what am I doing that may be causing a burden That's right. for some while it's benefiting a bunch of others. That's so, right. That's so right. That's kind of the Yeah. And again, you know, at. while you can conduct complex analysis um, to better understand equity, if you can really understand that basic concept, what are the benefits and burdens um, of our policy practice and how can we mitigate those? Right. Um, that's really, in essence, the core of how we are considering equity. Mm. Well, if you want to learn more information, uh, I'll give you a telephone number here, 703-324-2531, 703-324-2531. You can uh, speak with Carla or any member of her team if you'd like to learn more about One Fairfax, the uh, chief equity officer of the program going on in Fairfax County. If you want to learn more about One Fairfax, go online to fairfaxcounty.gov topics slash one dash Fairfax, and that's the number one spelled out, O-N-E dash Fairfax. So again, fairfaxcounty.gov slash topics slash one dash Fairfax. And I think on that webpage, you can actually even sign up for email updates so that you'll be uh, kept in the loop about what's going on. So uh, definitely uh, be sure to do that. Carla, thanks so much for some valuable information. Pleasure to have you on the Connect with County Leaders podcast. I look forward to coming back. Absolutely. (laughs) We'll make sure we do that. Uh, That is going to do it for this edition, uh, our chat with Carla Bruce, the county's chief equity officer. Again, thanks to her for being with us. Thanks to you for listening. And be sure to join us again next month on the Connect with County Leaders podcast as we chat again with Fairfax County Executive Brian Hill. This has been the Connect with County Leaders podcast. 
To listen to other great Fairfax County podcasts, visit fairfaxcounty.gov podcasts. And for additional audio content, tune into Fairfax County Government Radio at fairfaxcounty.gov radio. For more Fairfax County news and event information, visit News Center online at fairfaxcounty.gov news. You also may call 703-Fairfax, that's 703-324-7329, weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m., or email publicaffairs at fairfaxcounty.gov. The Connect with County Leaders podcast is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.